0: Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffiths Show is underway. Wow, a big dog is here. See, this is why I didn't know he was sitting in the green room. He he was so quiet. He didn't come in with his big truck and his big alarms blazing. Deputy Chief Steve Sauron is here. Are you kind of the number two guy? I am. Okay.
1: So, um, how long have you been with the fire department? 20 years in July coming up.
0: Really? Yeah. So... That begs the question. What's a good career for a firefighter? 20 years, 30 years?
1: Well, depends on your age when you start. Mm-hmm. I, so, got, yeah. I got a late start. So I'm 55 right now. So, um, you know, typically it's a 30 year career if you make a start early enough and then uh, that gets you to your, you know,
0: 50,
1: you 55. 55,
0: it. you can retire with full benefits. Is that the way that goes?
1: Or. 50 years old, 20 years on, gets you 50%. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you're probably going to hang around for a while.
1: A few years. Okay, good. I've still got a student in school and just stuff. I got bills, so.
0: (laughs) You mean you work the same reason everybody else does, to pay bills?
1: For the most part, yeah. Wow,
0: that's great. Okay, I know we've got a lot of important stuff to talk about today, but I want to talk because recruitment of firefighters is becoming more difficult. So I want to talk about your path. You said you came a little bit late to the game. Uh, You didn't join the force when you were 21. So let's talk a little bit about your path to becoming a firefighter and then the deputy chief second highest rank uh, here at Quincy Fire Department. how did that all happen, and how would you encourage maybe somebody else who's nontraditional like you to maybe take that step?
1: So I was, in my high school career, I knew I was not college-bound. Um, I was ready to get out in the workforce, so I did that for a number of years. Um, ended up testing for the department, and actually based on the age requirements, It was my last opportunity to test before I would actually, quote-unquote, age out. So um, I was on the Nauvoo department for nine years. Is that where you're from? Yes, in that area. Okay, good. So actually we had uh, John Wood instructors do a lot of our training. Mm -hmm. Those instructors were Quincy firefighters, and uh, I was encouraged by a couple of those guys to to come down and test and here we are
0: push your microphone up just a little bit so that it's right in front of your mouth just well no pull the whole yeah pull the there you go right there there you go now you're perfect now i can hear you loud and clear so you you didn't want to go to college and then later on in life you probably said hey where's a profession where i can help other people firefighting might be it you'd been introduced to some people that you knew so you know it seemed like a, a career did the danger of it scare you?
1: No, actually, I mean, getting a taste of it through the volunteer side. Um, and, and like I said, we did a lot of uh, training through that. That's actually where I received my initial state firefighter certification.
0: So you started so as a volunteer.
1: I did and and come to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I left there as the chief, actually. So, um, yeah, so I had some background and a little bit of everything and then walked into Quincy as your basic firefighter and and just kinda work my way through that. Um, continuing to train. I'm actually doing some coursework now, college level stuff. So
0: You thought you didn't want to go to college, yeah, but you found yeah. out you've got to go to college, yeah. Here I
1: am fifty five years old. So it's <laughs> it's never too late, I guess. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a different environment. And uh, you know, I think it's I think it's correct for the Career path, I guess, and I'm. You on.
0: have to keep learning, and it's it's. There is an irony in that two former fire chiefs, Scott Walker, and uh, uh, Mr. Henning, Joe Henning, had both. Well, Joe still is, but Scott was a professor right. at Western Illinois University. Right. So, uh, you know, after you become involved in a career, sometimes it is natural to want to get the certification or the piece of paper behind your name right. that allows you to go to go up in rank. We don't have a lot of volunteer firefighters on the show because they're all busy doing something else. Sure. We always talk about the Lorraine Fire Department. You know, they're right up there on the highway. They, are. they get called a lot to traffic accidents. Can you just say a word about volunteer firefighters and how invaluable they are to small communities because Quincy could never respond far away. We have to have volunteer fire crews that will take that will do this. Mm. There's no way there could be a response from a major city.
1: Yeah, so in no ways, not exactly true. Well, I mean,
0: if, yeah, if the whole town was in was jeopardy. A, if yeah. it was a
1: day-to-day dependent thing, yeah, that's a whole different story. Right. But We do on occasion get called um, outside for yeah. mutual aid, of course. But no, I, I've actually got a, a special place in my heart for volunteer firefighters. That's coming from there. So, um, I think people take for granted most of the time um, that somebody's going to be there when they make that call for help whether it be medical, fire, rescue, something like that. So, And the folks or the departments that have jurisdictions within that interstate area um, have some uh, challenges with that because, yeah, there can be some nasty things. And the small aspect of the communities that they're in, normally most of the time you're responding to people you know, which adds another element of difficulty, you know, emotionally and um, kind of wrapping your head around those type of things, too. So um, been there, done that. So I understand that aspect as well.
0: OK, well, we, we applaud them and uh, they do a great job. And like you said, um, they can come into some really nasty stuff uh, depending on where their small volunteer fire department is. Absolutely. And um There is an emotional component, too. When you get called out, you don't know, you know, who you're going to Mm -hmm. to help. And so uh, it likely could be somebody that you know. So today, what do you want to talk about? Quincy Fire Department. I always let you guys set the agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, ask me a question, right? So it right? looks a whole lot like <laughs> spring out the last couple it days. It does. I mean, I thought we were going to be talking in February about space heater safety and all this other stuff, well, but maybe not today. Give huh? it 24
1: hours. It <laughs> might get to that. <laughs>
0: we could have snow. I think there is snow in the forecast coming up.
1: So. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that. So, <laughs> um, so talking about spring-like weather, um, people's minds kind of turn to cleaning up yards and things like that. So I just want to give everybody a reminder that... Uh, Yard waste burning is not allowed in the city of Quincy. Um, Yard waste pickup is done throughout town. Um, I believe, I don't think a date has actually been firmed up yet, but somewhere around the mid-March, first part of April timeframe, that will resume. So just a good reminder, the only fires you can actually have are recreational type. They have to be in some type of containment. They have to be... um, Monitored at all times with a water source to actually help, you know, put them out if things get out of hand uh, and that type of thing. So the
0: backyard fire pit is not the place to throw your garbage, and you can't put treated wood in there. You know, it you allow now that kind of burning, recreational burning, which I'm kind of against, but don't send me hate letters. And and a lot of
1: people are. I I understand it. It can be a nuisance at times if it's not done appropriately and considerations taken for windows being open, things like that. So.
0: But it's allowed, but definitely not just burning out in the street on the curb or just raking up a big pile of leaves or anything like that. That is absolutely verboten. Correct. And you can't burn trash. I mean, you can't say, oh, I don't want to pay to have my trash, so I'm just going to throw it in a pile and, you know, set it on fire. Right. Now, we we have been in drought for so long, Mm -hmm. and we don't know what this spring is going to bring. Right now, we're not in drought anymore, but, you know, that's because we got a pretty good snow layer there. How hard has it been the last couple of years? Have you guys seen more responses to, you know, you don't get like grass fires in Quincy like they do out, you know, Tri-Township or the rural volunteer fire departments, but has it been a little bit more um, tension because of how, I mean, South Park could go up, you know? Right,
1: right. And those are the areas for our response specifically that we could have some issues that, In all honesty, we're not 100% ready to respond to because we don't have that type of equipment. So, again, back to the mutual aid topic, you know, Tri-Township would be our our go-to for their um, brush truck and and those rural firefighting type uh, equipment tools.
0: I mean, you'll be there to be the initial response, but like you said, you're used to a structure fire or a more contained-in-the-city kind of thing or a a vehicle accident. If an entire grassy field, like Mormon Wavering Park or South Park or, you know, something would catch fire and that would really start to go, you would need – well, you'd call in mutual aid immediately because that could be really a – that could be pretty dangerous. Yeah,
1: we want to get ahead of that for sure. Um, You know, and I just remind people, it's like if you flick a cigarette out or something like that, I mean, on top of littering, you just don't know what's going to – You know, if it's going to roll down storm drain, and then leaves are down there, and it's just, yeah, it's just a hazard in itself. And then the littering thing is one of my pet peeves. So
0: So be a little bit careful. Remember, you cannot burn yard waste. You cannot burn uh, your garbage in the city limits of Quincy. Um, They do have, uh, you know, free yard waste pickup, and you can always take it down to the to the compost pile yourself. And of course, you have to pay for your garbage pickup, but that is offered by the city of Quincy as well. So it's something to remember, yeah, because spring has sprung. I'm sure we'll get winter again before it's all over. Yeah. But that groundhog may be right, man. <laughs> Early spring, I think, is coming around the corner.
1: I just hope we don't pay for it.
0: <laughs> so what else is on the agenda this time of year?
1: Uh, you know, we were, I was talking to the guys on shift before I left, and and they were just kind of remarking to the the number of carbon monoxide calls we've had lately. Uh, some of those are erroneous. I think one yesterday was actually elevated levels. I think it's imperative upon homeowners and and uh, you know occupants to kind of understand there's different beeps for different things with the detectors. So um, if you're unsure of that, the the uh, instructions are out on the backside of that detector. So if you pull it off the wall and just kind of read and pay attention to the beep sequence and things like that, uh, it'll kind of tell you. Uh, it
0: might be a beep. The- battery is going dead or it might be a beep carbon monoxide is being detected
1: correct and the another sequence of beeps is you know the end of life you know because they they do have a shelf life of about you know five to seven years depending on who makes it so um you know we don't mind responding but if if we don't have to in an emergency situation then then all the better
0: well and carbon monoxide, if you're alert and aware enough to hear the beep and you can take it off and read it, that's right. a little bit different than you come into your parents' house and they're both unconscious on the couch and you hear a beep. Then Absolutely. You, then open up every door, call 911 yeah. and get them there. You know, I don't know if you heard, um, I'm just asking you gossip now. I mean, I don't think you'd have any knowledge of this, but if you do, great. They found this couple up in Kirksville, passed away in their home and they'd been dead for 10 days. And when the fire department came in to do an investigation right away, they didn't detect carbon monoxide, and the animals were still alive in the home. They haven't determined, you know, yet what that couple passed away from. Um, Carbon monoxide, the reason the detector is so important is that beeping will start while you're still cognizant because what happens when you have carbon monoxide in your home you just take a nap, right? I mean you don't know something's right, wrong. Right. You don't understand something's wrong. You just say, gee, I'm tired. I think I'm gonna go lay down and you never wake up.
1: Yeah. Detectors will, will alarm at a very low part per million to give you that advance warning. And the parts per million it actually alarms that you could probably survive. But it's it's in that specific area. You know, and I, I had not heard about the Kirksville incident before, but you know, it could have been heating related the temperatures came up and the heater wasn't needed anymore so the co may have cleared out and you know it just yeah but that's all the more reason smoking carbon monoxide detectors are imperative um, carbon monoxide again tasteless odorless you can't see it so uh yeah well,
0: when you respond to a fire or to any situation your firefighters have a co detector right on their On their person, or how does that work?
1: We do not for fire specifically because we're always on air anyway going into those situations. We do have handheld detectors. We use the handhelds once the fire is extinguished. We've done the majority of overhaul operations. um, And we use those to make sure that we can actually safely go off of our um, supplied air.
0: Right. I mean, you don't need it for yourself, but it's a way for you to have a device that you can detect. Yes. So if I was concerned and I thought I might have carbon monoxide in my home, you would come, and one of the things you would do is you'd be able to tell with your testing device whether it was true or not. Correct. And because it's colorless and odorless, the consequences of it are that literally it's hard to explain to people, but you don't know something's wrong. Right. A lot of people just fall asleep. Yes. And of course, they never awaken because the oxygen is depleted.
1: Yeah. If those levels continue to go up, it's, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh,
0: so that's why the detection is so important. So absolutely,
1: important. And absolutely.
0: I know that the fire department and Golden Bridges, which is a private company, and the Red Cross, which is a, a, a you know, a, a human resources, they all offer, you know, free smoke alarm installation. Some even offer carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. Um, free installation and yet we still hear deputy chief salorin that there are homes where you go to where the fire alarm did not work op- was not operable right what are, what does it take i mean we're giving them away what is it going to take to get people to understand
1: i think the mindset is it's not going to happen to me so i'm not going to worry about it uh, and and that's unfortunate we you know we Preach and preach and preach, especially through the uh, month of October, which is Fire Prevention Month. We just want to make sure that people understand the the consequences of of not having those detectors and how easy it is to obtain them. And, um, yeah, we'll install them through the Red Cross program. Uh, We don't just hand them over because we want to make sure that
0: they are installed,
1: they're installed in the right location. Um, You know, I see some detectors in in kitchen areas. If you have um, cooking inabilities and tend to burn things, the kitchen's a terrible place for those. Uh, they're always recommended. How am
0: I supposed to know when my meal's ready if, <laughs> right, my, if right. my smoke alarm doesn't go <laughs> off, cheap?
1: So, yeah, it's there's a little bit of of. Um, well, having them in your like you your take.
0: bedroom is you know your bedroom is an, a logical place because that sure. would be a place where if it started to happen, you would succumb. Uh, before that could happen. So right. so safety, 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 whether it's outside burning, because we don't want to start a fire that would damage your home or a neighbor's home or start a wildfire. Uh, we want to be very conscientious about, you know, making sure our home is protected. Again, it won't prevent a fire from starting, but it will help you get out. I was reading some statistic the other day that if a fire starts within about three minutes in a home, the average size home, you, you couldn't stay in there.
1: I mean yeah it becomes unsurvivable very quickly. I think I think the latest stats are fire doubles in size every minute. Um you know by the time we get the notification, you know, and get on scene, we're 7 minutes probably through all that process, the the call taking from dispatch and all that stuff. So it becomes an unsurvivable space within, you know, 3 to 4 minutes in actuality. So you don't have much time anymore. And the cause of that is based mainly modern furnishings are plastic now. Um, what they call legacy type fires are fires that occurred with you know natural wood and cotton fibers and things of that sort that took a long time to actually get burning. Uh, you know, up to ten minutes, you could have a a space that was survivable and and the ability to get out. That's not the case anymore.
0: No, everything from your carpet to your drapes to your furniture to Even the coverings on your wall, everything about your home is, um, well, it's just not very safe if it catches fire. It's
1: it's solid gasoline (laughs) is basically what it is.
0: What else on the agenda, Steve Um,
1: You know, we've got, um, you know, with the cooperation or not even cooperation, with the leadership of uh, Tri-Township Fire Department, the entire county has received uh, a radio grant through the assistance of firefighters grants, so we're we're excited about that. Um,
0: Tell me what that means.
1: So um, the county radios, I think, back in around eighteen twenty years ago, were um, were actually provided by through the same same funding mechanism.
0: Yeah, this is how uh, I happen to be friends with Joe Henning, so I sure. talked to him a little bit outside yeah. of the department, you know. And one thing he said was after nine eleven. You know, everybody got concerned about our police and fire response. And oh, yeah. So all this money rushed in. Yep. Let's get all new radios. Let's get all new fire-breathing apparatus. Yep. Let's get everything we can to help our firefighters. They're our heroes. We love them. Let's just throw all this equipment at them. It was great, mm-hmm. but equipment has a lifespan. It does. Air tanks go bad. <laughs> uh, radio equipment is, you know, outdated with technology. Yeah. And so here we are you can't just say, well, look at the upgrade we gave you, you know, 25 years ago or 20 years ago. Right. Um, it's time for something new. So what does that mean when the whole, that would mean your volunteer responders and your paid professional responders. Correct. Would all be able to communicate adequately with each other. Yeah.
1: So all those resources, like you say, they're aging out, um, unfortunately. You know, we, we specifically have problems Monthly, so we're kind of losing our cash of of spares and and that type of thing. So so through FEMA and the assistance of firefighters, grant again, Tri Township hosted that that grant writing. So they're they are actually the host of the grant, and they will take care of all the financials and all the uh, communication with with um, uh, FEMA. Um, those radios have been ordered. Uh, we've actually had some radios that did not fall under the grant program for ourselves, so we um, went to council a week or so ago, two weeks ago uh, for approval to purchase a few more items from that. Um, we just piggybacked onto that um, vendor that received the quote or received the award of the uh, the purchase so yeah, waiting on that um, what the big thing of this radio system is is um, going to digital platform instead of analog. Um, that is in cooperation with 911 Dispatch Center. So they've got a big infrastructure changeover going on there as well to kind of accommodate the digital platform. And hopefully, knock on wood, that we'll see some improvement with our communications through through that.
0: Okay. Something we don't think about on the day-to-day operations, but technology, you've got to all be on kind of the same. You can't have somebody that can't receive or you've got a real problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, so...
0: Okay, so that is fantastic. Can you stick around for a little bit longer?
1: Uh, yep, yeah, a minute or two. Okay. I do have a 10 o'clock inspection, so.
0: Well, then you can't stick around. We're going to have to ask you a question <laughs> okay. and then let you go. All right. You've got to be somewhere at 10 o'clock unless you want to run with lights. Now, that's not a, that's not, not going to do that. That's not no. going to do that. No. Okay, let's talk about, we talk a lot with the Quincy Police Department chief about um, he finally got to full strength and then an officer got mm-hmm. shot. I mean, it never ends, you right, know, it right. never ends. Where is... The Quincy Fire Department. I finally have a big dog on. I can ask these questions. The younger guys goes, "Don't ask me. Ask Alvin." Where are we uh, as far as manpower, woman power, whatever you want to call it? Um, And we've had one woman firefighter before in our past. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about you know where you are on strength, where you'd like to be, and when are you going to be testing or adding more people to your group?
1: Right now, our our roster is full. Um, And what is full? uh, Sixty. 60 sworn personnel is, is full. That includes the three, uh, administrative roles, chief and deputy chiefs. So, um, we're, we're set in pretty good shape right now. Um, our testing numbers are down like they are throughout the state and the nation. Um, but we seem to keep kind of pulling enough to, to make it work. Um, unfortunately, there's departments that are struggling with that, uh, significantly. Um, so we are anticipating a retirement. Uh later this year, so um we'll try to get them into the fall academy, uh get them through the initial onboarding process, and get them into fall academy, and try to stay ahead of that um best we can. so
0: why aren't more women attracted to firefighting?
1: I don't know. I mean, in the larger departments you see you see women um and they advance up through the ranks and and up into chief roles. I I don't know if we're not doing a good job maybe re- recruiting with that, but um, everybody's got the same opportunity. They have to make the same requirements. So um, I don't know. It's it's a different occupation for sure, and it's definitely male-dominated. Um, I don't know if that's intimidating to some, some folks well, or
0: not. Well, it's always hard to be the only one. And right. let's face <clears throat> it, until – If Quincy has 60 firefighters and two join, you know I mean? They're still very, very outnumbered. So a lot of it may be comfort. And maybe they'll have to start at a bigger city fire department and then say, I want to move back to my hometown. You know, it may be more possible that you'll get somebody transferring in. How, like, I know chief of police, they try to hire experienced officers Mm -hmm. and transfer them back in. Is that hard for Quincy? Do you not pay as well? Or can you try to attract you know somebody that's already got ten years of firefighting experience to come and join the the group
1: we actually do we um our pool of candidates we hire from hannibal we hire you know out from them and tri Township as well depending on how much time they have on and where they're at in their career but um yeah we do actually draw from those two departments in the area
0: and you yeah. also send to those departments because a lot of chiefs of Tri Township yeah, have been passed.
1: It does cycle back Quincy. that yeah, way. Yeah, it cycles yeah. back, yeah. Yeah. So we do have one female on our list that she is um if not already going through the background stuff, we're doing that right now. So in anticipation that uh we may have a spot for her. So um I we would welcome that, to be honest with you. We kinda need that um that shake up a little bit. But uh yeah, we'll see where it goes and um our te- or our list our hiring list will expire at the end of this year. So We'll be testing again. It's a two-year list. Well, it's
0: a little bit different, too, because it's like, you know, I remember when I was a rarity, a woman in radio, rarity, and now... You look on it, it. We're the majority. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I don't have to sleep with these people. Not that we would sleep in the same bedroom, but, you know, I mean, it, I don't eat every meal with Quade. I don't go home at night with Quade. Right. you know. Right. I mean, it's different because firefighters, if you're on a traditional firefighting shift where you work a 24 hour shift, uh, you are like. If somebody's getting on your last nerve or if you just don't get along with somebody, I mean, it's like you are there. It it could be tough.
1: It could be tough.
0: Okay, so it's going to take a special person. It's not going to be me. I couldn't begin to pass the physical (laughs) requirements. I tried one time just as a, you know, just as a a young journalist. Right. I said, I'm going to take the police and firefighter test. I'm going to see if, you know, I'm young. I'm got good lung capacity. Oh, give me a break. So it takes a very special, strong person. Yeah, it's that.
1: it's not easy. It's not for everyone, but, uh, yeah.
0: It can be a rewarding career. Absolutely. You're going to be late for your inspection. They don't like that, so get out of here, okay? All right. Thank All right. you very much. You. Deputy Chief Steve Sauer, nice to have a big dog. Come down to the Mary Griffith Show. We really appreciate that. We're going to head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative to see what's happening on the farm markets today.